You're listening to a conversation recorded during the FETC 2019 conference in Orlando, Florida. Enjoy the program. Hey, welcome back to FETC 2019. It's a beautiful day in Orlando, and we have our seat filled with our next guest, and we're going to ask her to introduce herself and tell us who she is and where she's from and what she does and all that kind of good stuff. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm Kathleen McClaskey. I am a founder of Make Learning Personal. I uh, have co-authored two books on personalized learning. One is Make Learning Personal. The second one is How to Personalize Learning. Uh, I've been in the EdTech world uh, since 1983. I oh. uh, was a um, believer <laughs> that this could really change the world for kids. And uh, at that time, it wasn't EdTech, it was computers. Mm -hmm. uh, and there wasn't too much on those computers at that point. Right. <laughs> but, um, and, but I created this vision um, way back in 1985 that I really saw computers being the great equalizer. Mm -hmm. And I can really say that I actually have realized that vision. I'm not sh too sure it's been realized in all schools yet. Oh, I agree. Right. <laughs> yeah. I agree. You know, and back that far, you know, the, you're right, there wasn't much on there. Hmm. And isn't it amazing how far we've come? Yeah. You know, almost 40 years. And, and, and look, where we're, look where we're sitting. And, and, and you've seen it, you know, you've been in the, in the business for a while. Yeah. And you've seen it change. Uh, I wonder why, didn't it seem like it was really stagnant for a while at the beginning? It's like they couldn't just grasp it. Do you think it was a, a cost issue or do you think it was um, the curriculum? We were so tied to, to books and lectures. Do you think that might be what happened there? Well, I don't think uh, that computers at that point in time had a lot to offer. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you some of the best work that I've done uh, in education as a teacher was in the late 80s uh, where um, I got kids really to embrace programming, now called coding. Yeah. <laughs> okay? yes. Yes. But uh, I, am, I absolutely loved Logo and I mm -hmm. actually had two graduate mm -hmm. courses in Logo and one actually by a protege of Seymour Papert. So I adopted a constructivist theory uh, clearly in my mind and how I was going to do that in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And so in 1988, I was actually creating learner-centered environments where I was really turning the learning over to the kids mm -hmm. uh, because I designed projects that required them to, um, to, be in, to really take ownership to it, and I, I let them do that. So the work I do today is all about creating learner-centered environments and helping learners to be, develop a more, and help schools actually develop more personalized learning environments for all children and to empower learners uh, about who they are as learners. So um, I've gone you know, full circle. Uh, all my experiences as a computer teacher, tech integration <laughs> specialist, uh, director of technology, um, was really focused on how I could empower learners. Yeah. And, um, and, but the thing was is I don't think uh, that's really been a priority at any time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in public education, it has been in some private education and also, of course, in certain models like the Montessori model, and, um, but that's not been really scaled in public schools where children are really at the center of their learning. You're right. Yeah, no, it's, it's still very much the traditional, you know, we're making, uh, we're, we're churning out factory workers and whether those <laughs> factory workers actually end up in factories or those <laughs> factory workers, air quotes, are uh, college-bound right. factory workers, right? Uh, you know, it, and and it's not the 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 course selection and and the 
curriculum development is not, has traditionally not been student-centered, but instead uh, we believe this is what we should prescribe to you. Right. Like going to the doctor and the doctor saying, this is the medicine I'm giving you. It doesn't matter what's, you know, it doesn't matter what's hurting. I'm giving <laughs> right. you this medicine. And, and I think that technology actually has gotten in the way in creating learning center environments because um, a lot of people think uh, that personalized learning is about what we do to kids with technology, right? Um, and, and, and really giving them adaptive learning programs so they can score higher on standardized testing. It's, that, it's not that at all. Right. It's really where we empower the learner, okay, to understand how they learn so they can develop the skills to develop agency and self-advocacy. That is the end game. That is the prize in education. Yeah. And we need to sort of talk more about agency in, in, in broader terms everywhere at all different levels so that people truly understand what that means and how we can get there. And when kids actually develop agency, they probably actually will score better on all those tests. Right. But people, we don't have enough believers that it's going to be worth the time or effort to really make that happen. So, so I've been on a mission for a, quite a long time. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I have my own business. I've owned companies. Um, and uh, my mission now is really to help uh, schools understand how to empower learners with how they learn. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about how that's done because yeah. we've uh, been in education, the, the data says that 90% of teachers use learning styles to identify what a child learns. Uh, we already know the research that says absolutely not. You can never, ever define a child by a word or two words. I was contested about last year by a teacher who said, uh, okay, so what's wrong? Uh, I've been using learning styles for 20 years, <laughs> right? And uh, I said, so where's that gotten you anyway? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so the second response was, I said, do you know that, that we have 80 billion neurons in our brain? Do you think that we could possibly define a child by one or two words? Right. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's learning is far more complex and we are all unique individuals not one of us on the planet has the same DNA right okay you know when you walk in the classroom kids actually have a set of aptitudes they have a set of challenges in their in their learning and they also have great strengths in their learning mm -hmm. we never choose to go to find those things out mm -hmm. and so what I've developed in this second publication called how to personalize learning chapter 4 is called discover the learner and I intentionally use the word learner because um, we want to see every child as a learner. Mm -hmm. But how do we begin to discover that, right? So I basically have taken the neurosciences, I've taken universal design for learning, I've given it a new flavor so that in a common language so that both teachers and learners can talk about their learning. And so kids can talk about challenges and strengths, they can talk about their preferences and needs. They can even share what they love to do and what they aspire to be. They can talk about their hopes and dreams. Mm -hmm. This is what we need to know about children. This is what need, the conversations need to begin. Because how are we gonna decide on the types of tools and skills that child will need to help be more independent and self-directed, okay. to develop agency in their learning? Because overall, we have not, we have failed millions and tens of millions of children because first of all, we didn't see them as learners, and we already made a decision about who they were, okay? And uh, that's kind of a really sort of 
a profound statement, but that's really true. Well, and it's really interesting you you you, you say that, and it, it hits. Uh, we had uh, Dr. Carlson, Dr. Deborah Carlson from the University of North Florida on yesterday, and they're doing a study with preschoolers and coding. And these preschoolers are understanding the start and the end and putting everything in between. <laughs> and and that's so those kids are going to have a voice that we probably should have realized that they've always had a voice right. and directing their own learning. Right. And and we I think that's something that's always been hard in the model that we have for public education for right. us to grasp because we actually never gave them a voice K through 12. Right. And someone just earlier said, you know, when we were in school in the ninth grade, they went great. Here's your schedule. Go to class. And we didn't get to choose what we were going to take. We just went and took math and English and science, and, and that's what we did. And we right. never had a voice in that. And and that to me, that is a, a, a huge leap. Oh, it is. So, you know, this whole piece around ownership to learning. So I wrote a blog a few months ago, and I said, ownership to learning, what does that really mean? Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. Well, first and foremost, it requires a learner to understand how they learn. Mm-hmm. Right. And if we don't give them that opportunity, you can ever expect ownership to learning. Yeah. Okay. And you know, there's what's interesting is we always. <laughs> I don't know if you do this, and I remember the moment. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I was a band director. I was a musician. Uh huh. And I remember the moment I took piano since I was five. Uh-huh. Um, I was played in the band, and I did that whole thing. And I was 20 years old before it clicked for me. Before I realized how I learned. And, I, and it all opened up in a completely yeah. different door. And why did it have to take that long? It shouldn't. Because the model that I was under was I was expecting someone to go, here it is, right. ingest it. So I've, been, I've had a lot of conversations. I've met lots of colleagues here. Uh, as I said, I've been a 35 user of technology. So, um, and one of the things, you know, that I, you know, keep talking to them about is that why is this really getting so hard to really get to people to understand about how we need to get empower kids mm-hmm. okay and actually I was in a session what does that mean empower kids well first of all can you imagine a kid actually knowing how they learn knowing uh, and be able to freely talk about their strengths and challenges in an open way mm-hmm. to be able to share their hopes and dreams um, and aren't we really in this <laughs> educational world to really make that happen for all children. Right. But we don't have a system that can do that right now, right? So when you create the, I've been lucky to, you know, to be associated with major organizations around the country, around learner-centered environments. I get to see wonderful models all over the country, talk to teachers, talk to kids, talk to administrators Mm -hmm. on really sort of how that all works and how they've scaled that. And so what's really fascinating is that, that when you truly empower children, right, and um, you actually have such a, a different classroom, okay, because when you can have conversations with kids about who they are as learners, uh, you build these relationships. You build sort of like a partnership in learning. Now they're invested, okay, and when kids know that you care about them that much, that you want to know about who they are as learners, they will go to the ends of the earth, right, and they will work with you to the ends of the earth. So let me just explain to that whole three-step process that I've developed around universal design for learning. Okay. So I've taken sort of the language out. I create a common language. It's called Access, Engage, and Express. It's the UDL lens of Access, Engage, and Express. It's based upon the three principles. And, and learners and teachers can both use this easily in practice. So Access is about how do I access and process information into usable knowledge. That's what access means. Mm-hmm. How do I engage with content and concepts? How do I do that? 
and also how do I express what I know and understand. But really getting kids to understand about their strengths and challenges in those three areas. Okay, and in that way, now you can have a conversation about, geez, so let's think about this. Um, you know, like, let's talk about how you'd like to take a challenge. Let the kid choose what they want to do and how they want to improve, mm -hmm. right? So not only do they give a voice, but now they're actually self-advocating for who they are. That's powerful, don't yeah, you think? Yes. Can imagine doing this with young children all the way up. So kids are advocating and wanting to learn and saying to you, I want to learn this. Mm -hmm. yeah. Instead of telling them, because we need to stop with this, you, 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 you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to learn this. And the thing is, there's no ownership. When, you, when people are using you all the time, right. only when the kids can say I, and that's a big change up. That's going to take time because we haven't created that culture right. in schools. Oh. <laughs> and it's going to take some time. Right. Right. But I'm seeing real promise mm -hmm. lots of different places all over yeah. the country. Well, in the history of what's happening now, if you look at all of the, the leaders, if you take Zuckerberg or you take Bill Gates or you take Steve Jobs, those people all advocated for their own learning. They were all. Well, they did. Yes. They they really were, and and I, it, it, take any of them, uh, Elon Musk. If you take any uh, yeah. anyone, any they they were the ones that stepped outside of the box and either went, I'm done with this, I'm going to walk out and do it on my own, right? Or you know, this is what I need to have from you, and then get out of my way. I'm going to run with it. Yeah. So, so what we need to do is really bring all children, you know, within that fold, so that every child can realize hopes and dreams, mm -hmm. and um, and and actually give them a way forward yeah. because uh, you know as a mother I, I, I you know the first time you hold your child and if you're dads you know what that's like is yeah. that you have a whole set of hopes and dreams around that child do you not and actually that kid knows that right but then he realizes geez you know what here's what I'd love to do and I will only say to you when you can actually follow your passion you actually you know follow your passion to find your purpose and uh, I've done that in my own life. And so the thing is, um, you're more energized, you're more excited, you can share better, you can talk better to other people, you can be excited about who you are and what you do. Yeah. Right. And, um, and so you guys do things that you love to do right. out here, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I walk that path. So I walk, uh, you know, I, I live a life of purpose every day of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm truly on a mission. Uh, yeah. So just to let all the audience know, and. But um, and it's great to be uh, in this place. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, let me. Uh, I have to be the uh, the time guru here. So, uh, if folks want to reach out to you and get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Wow. Okay. Uh, website, <laughs> Twitter, email, well, web, you name here, it. Website. Okay. Uh, KathleenMcClaskey.com. That's K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-M-C-C-L-A-S-K-E-Y.com. Got it. I have regular blogs there. I also have all the continuums that were in our second book, and they are the seven elements of agency and a continuum. Okay. Uh, very popular. Uh, all the charts that we've created are also on that particular website. Awesome. Uh, and all sorts of infographics around the learner profile, personal learning backpack, personal learning plan mm -hmm. is also located on there. On Twitter, you can reach me at, uh, at KHMMC. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm on Twitter pretty much every day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and at, on Facebook, it's uh, Make Learning Personal on Facebook. Okay. 
Great. Awesome. Well, Thank you for coming Thank by. you so well, much you're for welcome. coming This by. has been eye-opening for us. Yeah. This really? Has been great. We always You've been listening to a conversation recorded during the FETC 2019 conference in Orlando, Florida. Thanks for listening.